Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the Globe, bringing you news, views, and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. It's World Wide Wave time. Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking you around the globe, one queer story at a time. You're joining us from, uh, we're joining you from the Joy Studios in the magnificent Victorian Pride Centre. I'm Matt, and in the studio tonight with me, I'm lucky enough to have Alex. Hola. And welcome back, Andrew. Hi. Now, the invasion of Ukraine has dominated the news since February, but for those living in the war zone, it has dominated their lives. Lives and livelihoods have been lost, homes destroyed, and life's simple pleasures have been replaced by a daily fight for survival. And the LGBT community is not immune. Members of our Rainbow family have gone to fight, others have fled for safety, and the progress on LGBT rights in Ukraine has come to a halt. But you will firsthand hear tonight the spirit of hope and defiance inside Ukraine as we speak with the executive director of Kiev, Kiev Pride, Lenny Emson. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. Usually, you know, for the Pride March, LGBT community would be visible as a community that is fighting for human rights, that is fighting for freedoms for LGBTQI people rights and fighting for the rights to be visible in their own country. This year, we just put all this on hold. This year, we were marching for Ukraine. We wanted to be visible as citizens that are supporting their country. We wanted to be visible as the community that is in love with Ukraine and the community that is supporting Ukraine with all our hearts. From the start, Russia envisaged a short, sharp invasion of its much smaller neighbour, Ukraine. But it soon became clear that they had underestimated the fighting spirit of Ukrainians fighting for their homeland. Backed by a coalition of Western supporters, the war has become more protracted with tens of thousands of lives lost. The implications for everyday Ukrainians are wide-ranging. The threat of bombs or drone strikes, lost jobs and industries, a lack of power as winter approaches. Yet, people have come together for each other, including the LGBT community. Lenny Emson is the Executive Director of Kiev Pride. We asked Lenny to start by telling us a bit about Kiev Pride and how they are functioning now. Kiev Pride is the biggest Pride organisation in Ukraine. Uh, well, but of course, like uh, these days, we concentrate our efforts not that much on pride and advocacy as we used to do before the invasion. But right now we are concentrating our 
efforts on mostly humanitarian projects, right? So we are helping LGBTQI community within these times, you know, when people are very much in need. And uh, we run right now approximately like 10 projects in the organization, right? And seven of them are dedicated specifically to humanitarian aid for the LGBTQI community. And the biggest project we have right now is a shelter for LGBTQI people in Kyiv, in capital city of Ukraine. So, and um, we see that right now, you know, people are fleeing from the occupied territories from eastern Ukraine, right? And just Kyiv is centrally located. So many people flee to Kyiv and we help people with accommodation. We help people with finding a job. We help people with like, you know, standing on their feet and finding a new way in life. And as well, so many people coming back from Europe, uh, so people who fled the war, uh, going abroad, and now they're coming back and they need help as well. I want to, to come back to that and especially the, you know, the, what you do at the moment and the people coming back. But um, before the re- Russian invasion, what was it like for LGBTIQ people in Ukraine? Because I know it has been a lot of uh, progresses, but just before the invasion, what was it like? So, yeah, of course, so like, you know, for 30 years of LGBTQI movement in Ukraine, we reached, you know, a lot of progress, right? It's not like we're just, you know, standing on one point, like, you know, but like, you know, we're moving forward very much. If you compare like, you know, our LGBTQI movement in Ukraine and LGBTQI movement in Russia, so it's like heaven and earth, right? So, you know, Ukrainian LGBTQI movement is far more forward with all the rights and freedoms for LGBTQI people. So we started Kyiv Pride 10 years ago with 100 people that were like ready to march on the streets. Unfortunately, march did not happen because we had several thousand opponents, right? Uh, several thousand right to radicals that were there ready to beat us up, right? But then 10 years after, in 2021, we have 7,000 participants marching on the Pride March in the center of Kiev. And just 200, like, right radicals that were there, like, trying to do something, right? But they cannot do anything because we are well protected by the police. So, I mean, the government, the police, they are working with us. They are protecting us. They're seeing us as a social group that needs rights and freedoms, right? And this is the great progress that we're not as marginalized by the government as we used to be. And for trans people, there is a great progress, right? Since 2016, in Ukraine, the transition protocol for binary trans adults, right? So for people who are transitioning, the protocol right now is much better than used to be right now. Uh, The transition process does not include surgeries, right? And like, you know, to in order to change your documents, you don't need to go through uh, humiliating uh, within psychiatric clinics, right? Or undergo the surgery that would like ruin your life, right? So you just have a few appointments with the psychiatrist and um, then you got your certificate, right? And uh then you can proceed with the legal gender market change in your documents, right? So, and this is a great uh, 
a great progress for the community in Ukraine, right? I'm as a member of trans community, I, I'm just like very proud of it, right? Well, and yeah, it is, right? And yeah. right now we are really looking at um, uh, civil partnerships. So kind of, you know, even long before the Russian invasion, right, we were talking with the parliament on the possibility of introducing equal marriage for Ukrainian LGBTQI community, right? And um, actually, like, you know, there were a few bills on civil partnerships for same-sex couples um, offered to the Ukrainian parliament, right? And uh, unfortunately, this effort was not successful. But the very fact that we can talk with Mm -hmm. our parliament on this issue then we can present them our bills that, like, you know, our supporters develop, right, and and kind of proceed with that. This is a huge progress, right? And that's why when we talk about the Russian invasion, we, we say it's not just, you know, the war in classic understanding of this, right? Russia brings absolute absence of human rights whenever it uh, comes to, right? And uh, that's why, you know, for us, this war is more than just, you know, ruining the land and killing people. It's it's like killing everything that we achieved within 30 years. That's Lenny Emson, the Executive Director of Kiev Pride with us on Joy 94.9. Lots to inspire you in there that they went in just a, a, such a short amount of time, 10 years went from... Mm not being able to run a Pride march because there were so many protesters to having 7,000 people march. Yeah, exactly. 70-fold increase. And in a way, highlights what needs to be protected, you know, what's at stake in, you know, a potential takeover by a hostile country. And what's worth yeah. fighting for. Yes. Uh, lots more coming up with Lenny. In fact, we learn how the international rainbow community is providing support in Ukraine. This is World Wide Wave joy.org.au where our diverse communities can come together across the nation across the globe joy Dzień dobry. i am kylie from poland it's great to have a place like joy 94.9 where we can talk about trans issues from across the globe on a worldwide wave and the situation in ukraine is changing daily but with a harsh winter approaching the pain is guaranteed to continue Everyone is affected, whether in locations being bombed or dealing with the fallout from refugees. Ukraine is not the own, uh, not the same place it was 12 months ago. Yet despite this, the resilience being shown by the LGBT community and the broader Ukrainian uh, population is inspiring. We asked Lenny Emson from Kiev Pride to give us an insight of what the situation is currently for the LGBTI community in Ukraine. At the moment, as you might know from the news, right, uh, Russians kind of changed their tactics, right? And right now they're sending to Ukraine all this, um, the drones, you know, with uh, carrying uh, explosion uh, materials, right? And uh, these drones are aiming, like, you know, the objects, infrastructure objects that would be responsible for energy uh, supply, right, uh, for, for the cities, right? So, 
this is very dangerous. Like thirty percent of this infrastructure objects were already ruined, right? Since uh, October tenth, right? I mean, kind of uh, within nine days, right? And uh, this is scary because the winter is coming, and like, of course, I'm I'm not even starting kind of talking here about the danger of these explosions and then like you know in in cave like you know on monday three people died because of this and uh the fear uh, the anxiety when you hear the air raid alert right the psychological pressure and then the understanding that the winter can be very hard because they are killing our infrastructure our system of power supply right and right now we are looking at very harsh winter and uh you know many people uh, including lgbtqi community of course are very afraid of uh, what awaits for for us right in this three next months coming in right and uh for lgbtqi community that cannot leave the country and cannot move, right? So I mean, like, you know, people with uh, male gender marker in their passports, right, from 18 to 60, right? They cannot leave the country. And actually within this category, right, we have like more than 50% of our community because like these are gay men, these are bisexual men, these are trans people like who fit in this category and they still in the country, right? And they need to survive this winter. So we have a lot of requests from the community. Let's say, right, you know, that we need we need help. Uh, we need wood for our stoves, right? We need, like, you know, warmers for our apartments, right? And this requests from the community shows very much how people are suffering right now. So we're not talking right now human rights, right? We are talking, like, basic survival situation right people need to survive first of all and uh i mean this is really really difficult to hear but so you're saying that you know there's a a focus on trying to destroy the infrastructure um Mm -hmm. there's quite a high proportion of hiv aids for example in in some part of our community so how does it work for medication and is it something that people cannot access medications anymore well, you know, in terms of HIV prevention, right, I'm I'm very proud of uh, my colleagues that work for HIV prevention in Ukraine. You know, despite the chaotic situation and despite the fear and everything that the war brings with them, right, the system was not broken. And all the people, like starting from social workers and like, you know, up to the management of the big programs of prevention of HIV in Ukraine, they're still in place. People are working, people are providing help, and people are taking care of those who are living with HIV. So I'm I'm really proud, and I know that big organizations in Ukraine within the HIV prevention system, right, together with the smaller partners, right, that work with the key populations, right, so, and... MSM is one of the most important key populations, right? And yeah. these organizations, they, they do their best to provide people with medications right now. And as far as I know, international donors right now are taking good effort into helping Ukraine to uh, supply people with needed medications, right, in terms of HIV. Right. So I, I know that probably kind of, you know, it's very hard to 
work with people who live in occupied territories uh, or the territories that are close to frontline, right? It's very hard to deliver medications to them, right? But at least there is a system, there is an effort that helps to, to support those people. And is it the same for the health needs of other parts of our community in terms of you know, trans people or people, other people that might need medical care or medic- medications? Well, for trans people, the situation is much more complicated, right? Because like, you know, when we talk about trans people, right, before the invasion, they were like on their own. Everyone is like, you know, taking care of their own hormones, right? And right now, within the process of the war, we are just building the system of supply for trans people, right? Because like there are two factors. First of all, there is a shortage of hormones in Ukraine, right? And um, it's it's really hard to buy these hormones, right? To find them. And second, unfortunately, it's very expensive, right? For uh, average trans person in Ukraine, the price of medications for the months would be $150, which is huge, huge money for right now when people do not earn money at all, right? And unfortunately, people cannot afford hormones, right? So that's why trans organizations in Ukraine, uh, together with LGBTQ organizations, we just try to build this system of um, support for trans people uh, together with our partners in Europe to bring hormones to Ukraine and to distribute them among people who are in need. And uh, you mentioned that Kiev Pride had a few projects on the go supporting people in the country. Can you tell us a little bit more about this project? Right. So you kind of we started when the invasion yeah. started, right? You know, uh, many people like lost their jobs within one day, just immediately. 25th of February, you're fired, you know. And many people just were left alone, right, with no income, no actually uh, money to relocate, no money for food, right, nothing. So uh, since um, end of February, we are helping people with uh, financial help. So we are kind of um, helping the most marginalized and uh, the most vulnerable members of the community to survive, right? So, And uh, we provide as well you know, not only financial help, but we provide people with um, services, like uh, we have a lawyer that would help people in uh, case of hate crimes and um, in case of uh, some violation of their rights, right? And we have a psychologist that would run the uh, psychological support groups, right, which is in high demand right now, because people need to deal with the anxiety and uh, with all the stress of the war that is there, that is constantly here. And um, of course, we are helping people with relocation. Uh, We are helping people who are coming to Kyiv and have no place to stay. We have a shelter for LGBTQI population. And right now we opened uh, together with our Canadian partners, the program for those who are fleeing the war or finding a safe place in Canada. So we are helping people with different aspects, right? We're helping those who are in Ukraine to survive in the country. And we're helping those who are finding a way out of the country and trying to settle in other countries in order to flee the terrifying situation of war. 
Speaking from Ukraine, that's Lenny Emson from Kiev Pride with us on Joy 94.9. There's so many things. When you see mm. the, the you know horrible images on the television, it's all about the bombing and the destruction, but you don't think about the other things that happen, like, um, as Lenny was saying, in one day when the war started, a whole lot of people just lost their jobs. They lost their income. Yeah. No money to get food and... Yeah, you don't think of that, about that, and then there's no doubt the influx of all the normal... Well, yeah, normal. I mean, the, the general population fleeing, fleeing to countries like like Poland, etc. And then, but they still, as she as is explained there, they still have to deal with it, just the everyday issues of supporting their own community. Supporting, you've got you the know. the obvious support of you know somebody needs a roof over their head or somebody yeah. needs some money for food, but also um, Lenny was mentioning there the psychological support or the legal support, depending mm. on uh, what is going mm. on. So, I mean, I think it. Um, Having a, an organisation like this is quite vital for certain um, members of the community who may have nowhere else to go. Yeah, and again, you would hope that they're receiving the support from their, you know, European compatriots in a way because this is a really time for Europe to really support such organisations because, as we said, you know, a lot of these people probably don't have employment, income, um, and there's probably a strained food supplies and all this sort of stuff, housing. In fact, coming up, we're going to hear a bit about that uh, support for Ukraine and a little bit of uh, pride can make a very big difference. You're on World Wide Wave. Joy, out, loud, proud. Hello, I'm Micaela, the producer of El Hombre Nuevo, speaking from Uruguay for World Wide Wave. You're on the show that takes you around the globe one queer story at a time, Worldwide Wave. A special hello to everybody listening to us on podcast. You can subscribe to receive our podcasts automatically either at joy.org.au forward slash Worldwide Wave or on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review. We're in Ukraine tonight, and with so much going on in Ukraine, you would hardly expect Kyiv Pride to even attempt to stage their regular parade of visibility. And for a while, it looked like there was to be no Pride Parade in 2022. But neighbouring Poland stepped in to assist. In June, Warsaw Pride held Kyiv Pride in solidarity with Ukraine's LGBT population. A massive crowd, estimated 120,000 people, turned out. The head of Kyiv Pride, Lenny Emson, explains why it was still important to stage such a show of visibility for Ukraine in Warsaw. You're doing a, really, a lot of work and a lot of great work. You also managed to, in June, to, to still around the Pride March, obviously uh, in Poland. Why was it important to still have Pride March? We just presented a film about the Pride March uh, 2022 uh -huh. yesterday, right? So it was the presentation, right? It's a beautiful, you know, short film, like, you know, kind of uh, capturing the emotion, why we were there, why we marched, right? And for us, it was very important to be visible in times of the war, but to be visible in the different way. Usually, you know, for the Pride March, LGBT community would be visible as a community that is fighting for human rights, that is fighting for freedoms for LGBTQI people, right, and fighting for the right to be visible in their own country. This year, we just put all this on hold. This year, we were marching for Ukraine. 
We wanted to be visible as citizens that are supporting their country. We wanted to be visible as the community that is in love with Ukraine, in the community that is supporting Ukraine with all our hearts, right? And we wanted to be visible as great protectors, right? Because there are many LGBTQI people who are serving in the military, and we were marching for them. We were marching for those who cannot march with us because they are serving in the army, they are volunteering in the front line. So this was a very special march. And we are so grateful to Warsaw Pride that they actually opened the streets of their city for us. This was like, you know, the best ever case of solidarity. I would say like probably, you know, within the Pride history, like since Stonewall, there was no such example of joint pride uh, from two countries that was unite their efforts for something really big and for some goal that would bring together 120,000 people that were marching in Warsaw, supporting us, supporting Ukrainians, supporting LGBTQI Ukrainians. That's a, a fantastic effort, really. I mean, 120,000 people is huge, especially Poland is, you know, it has some issues as well with LGBTIQ people. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see that that was possible. In terms of, uh, and, and the support was there, you know, how can the international LGBTIQ or the international community support the LGBTIQ people in Ukraine? What can we do? Well, right now, uh, we would be very grateful if international community, the international community would see very clearly that we're now in the stage when emergency response is over. We see right now that the war is still there. And unfortunately, you know, the political situation in the world is not very kind of united in terms of how we need to deal with this war. So we're looking at ongoing war for the next year and we would like the international community to see us and to help us with two aspects first of all being pro-ukraine being for ukraine and joining for the protests for ukraine right and uh, against russia and putting a pressure on their governments right more sanctions on russia more sanctions on iran Right, and helping us to win the war because we're fighting for something more, for something bigger than just land, than just, you know, territorial questions. We would not let Russia occupy a single inch of our territory because with this occupation, Russia brings death and Russia brings absolute regime that is against human rights and against everything which would be for LGBTQI community and for rights and freedoms for LGBTQI community. And of course, we would like the international community to to see that we need a constant help, right? We're very grateful for the donations that we received as an emergency help. But, you know, the community here right now needs more help and needs more support. Because we are right now entering the winter time when it is very cold, when we need food, when we need energy, 
when we need more support to survive through the winter. And as we're working with community members on the ground, right, we see how people are scared, how people are really afraid of the winter coming. And we would like to help everyone. And we actually helping them to find new jobs, helping them to provide for themselves and helping them to uh, find a new occupation and to gain new skills, right? We have a program that would teach people how to find a job or how to gain new skills, right? And stuff. But in fact, still there are many members of the community who would need this help on the regular basis, right? And we would ask the international community to remember about this, that Ukraine, Ukrainian LGBTQ community is the most marginalized within the communities in the country, needs help. And we would be grateful for everything that you can do for us. I just want to add that, you know, I'm so grateful for the help and for the support from the international community. So I think the biggest lesson that I learned out of this time uh, living in the war, you know, is that our community, I mean, specifically LGBTQI community, we exist beyond borders and we support each other despite all odds. And this was a million, you know, because like, you know, the messages that we got from all over the world, from people from different countries, the messages of support, the messages of love, this is the thing that keeps us going. You know, when you understand that you're not alone, that are people that are thinking of you, thinking of your situation, and their hearts are aching for you, you know, you, when you see this, when you feel this, this is really kind of really the thing that uh, keeps your heart beating. Lenny Emson, Executive Director of Cape Pride, thank you very much for talking to us at World Wide Wave. So much passion, so much um, determination there as shown by Lenny. But you can see why, because it, like in Russia, the they've just um, strengthened their anti-propaganda laws. So you can't mm. talk about anything gay. It used to be just about the children. Now it's you, yeah. you can't talk about anything gay or lesbian in Russia, and obviously there's a big fear that uh, would the Russian invasion be successful, then, you know, the LGBT community would have a lot to lose. Absolutely. As I said before, yeah, this is in a way why now Ukraine, you know, on many ways is, in many ways, is that front line of, you know, defending democracy, defending uh, our own community's rights. Um, and, you know, maybe part of the silver lining, I would hope there's some countries, as was mentioned, and if you like Poland, actually see that, you know, that strengthens in a way the fight for rights in those countries that have got a mixed mm. record. Yeah. And she was asking for sanctions against Russia, and I just wonder how much um, effect sanctions are going to have against Putin. Probably very little, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess it uh, yeah, depends on which way it goes. But yes, it is um, being a, a country that's so far away, we are a little bit removed and in, our, in our ability to influence, but also our ability to see what's, um, what's, what's really, going on. What's really happening yeah. behind the doors, but yeah. Very much that point, though, of, you know, um, whenever there is a disaster, there's, you know, an outflow of, of money, of support, and then yeah. 
Lenny very much saying there, look, this is a long-term thing. I mean, even even if the war were to stop today, they have to rebuild homes, yeah. industries, they have to get the country going again. So it is going to be a very long journey. Yes, indeed. Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. Hello, I'm Stuart Martin. I'm a board member for the Defence LGBTI Information Service, marching with pride on World Wide Wave. A huge thank you to our guest tonight, Lenny Emson, the Executive Director of Kiev Pride. You can find them at kievepride.org. And thanks to everybody who sent us messages on Facebook. There was Richard, Liz, Moyad, Stefan and a heap more. Um, and that's W3Joy on Facebook. And to our behind-the-scenes team, our podcaster, Peter, and social media master, Dean. We'll be back next week with more World Wide Wave. Thanks for listening to another podcast from World Wide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash World Wide Wave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news. Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.